الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week in our lesson on the seerah of the Prophet وسلم, we spoke about the story, the amazing story of Salman al-Farisi and his search for the truth. And we mentioned that his meeting with the Prophet وسلم, occurred during the first few days after the Prophet وسلم's arrival in Medina. And we mentioned some of the other incidents that happened in the first few days after the Prophet ﷺ arrived in Medina. The building of Masjid Quba, the arrival of Suhaib al-Rumi from Mecca to Al-Medina. And today, inshallah, we will speak about the Prophet ﷺ leaving the area of Quba and actually going to the main part of the city of al Madina, where Masjid al-Nabawi was built. So we mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ arrived in Medina on Monday, and that was the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal. Monday, the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal. And he stayed in Quba that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then on Friday morning, he left Quba to go towards the main part of the city of al Madina, And the time for Salatul Jumu'ah came while the Prophet ﷺ was on the way from Quba to the city center of Medina. So he stopped on the way and he prayed Salatul Jumu'ah at Bani Salim ibn Auf, the area where Bani Salim ibn Auf occupied of Medina. And that was the first Salatul Jumu'ah that the Prophet ﷺ led in Al-Madina. That was the first khutbah of Jumu'ah that the Prophet ﷺ gave in Medina. And his khutbah was about Iman and Tawheed and the importance of sacrificing for the deen of Allah. So after Salatul Jumu'ah, he continued on his way to the city center. So he was on his camel. And whenever his camel would pass by any of the houses of the people of Aus and Khazraj. And these two tribes, we spoke about the tribe of Aus and the tribe of Khazraj. These were the two main tribes of Medina. And alhamdulillah, they had accepted Islam. So whenever the camel of the Prophet ﷺ would pass by anyone's house from either of these tribes, they would try to bring the camel towards them, hoping that the Prophet ﷺ would stop there and would allow them to host him that he would be their guest and he would stay with them. So everyone was hoping. So every house that the camel passed by, they tried to stop the camel in hope that the Prophet ﷺ might be their guest. But the Prophet ﷺ told them, leave the camel. It is under command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will stop where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands it to stop. So don't try to stop it by yourselves. So the camel continued and it continued. And when it came to Diyar, Bani Najjar, the houses of Banu and Najjar, the area where Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi actually was built, when the camel came to that area, it sat down 
and the Prophet ﷺ was about to get off of the camel, but before he could get off, the camel got up again. So the Prophet ﷺ stayed on the camel and it continued to move. So it went forward, it went for some time, but then it came back, it turned around. And again, it sat down in the first place where it had just sat down a little while ago. So it stopped there for a minute and before the Prophet could get down, it got up and moved, but then it returned back to that same place again. And then it sat down completely and the Prophet got off of the camel. So he knew that this was the spot. This was where Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi was to be built. So actually, the area where the Masjid of the Prophet where it is in Medina, that area was chosen by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not something that the Prophet chose on his own. Rather, that was under the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ordered that camel to stop in that particular place. So the Prophet knew that this is the place where the masjid has to be built. So he asked the people, he asked Banu Najjar, who were the people who owned that, the land in that area. He asked them, who does this land belong to? And they said, Ya Rasulullah, this land belongs to two orphans. So the Prophet ﷺ said, I will buy it from them. I will purchase it from them. And then these people of Banu Najjar, they said, No, Ya Rasulullah, don't worry. You take this land and we will pay the orphans. We will make sure that they are paid for this land. You don't have to pay. And then Rasulullah ﷺ said, No, I will pay for this land myself. So the Prophet ﷺ, he paid those two orphans for that land and Masjid al-Nabawi, was built upon that piece of land and it still stands there today of course it has been expanded over the years and now it's a huge masjid alhamdulillah but that is where the construction of al-masjid al-nabawi originally began so while the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as we mentioned while he was on his way to the center of the city and we talked about the people of aus and khazraj everyone was hoping that he would stop with them and he would be a guest with them and he would allow them to host him. Everyone was happy. Everyone was so excited that this is the messenger of Allah. He's finally here. Maybe we will be those lucky ones who get to host him in our house. So everyone was hoping that this honor would come to them. Except one man. And he was from the tribe of Khazraj. And when he saw all of these people showing such honor and showing such respect to the Prophet wasallam. This man from Khazraj, he had disgust in his face. And he was very, very jealous of the respect that was shown to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the name of this man, and remember his name. His name was Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul. And he was the head of the munafiqeen, head of the hypocrites of Medina. And you're going to hear this name a lot when we study the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ because he is a man who caused a lot of pain in the life of Rasulullah ﷺ during his time in Medina. So this is a name that you will hear a lot and you will hear him mentioned a lot due to his evil qualities, due to his nifaq, due to his hypocrisy and due to his enmity and hatred towards Rasulullah ﷺ. Abdullah ibn Ubay. So when he saw everyone trying to get the camel to stop 
so that the Prophet ﷺ would stop in their place. He said to the Prophet ﷺ very rudely, Inzil Just stop. Whoever has invited you, just stay with them. And he said it in such a rude way. Why, like, why are you doing this? Why are you making each one of them try to compete to get you? Just stop and stay with whoever you're going to stay with. So he said this to the Prophet ﷺ in a very rude way. And the Prophet ﷺ was surprised. He had never met this man before. He didn't have any type of problem with him. Why is this man treating him in such a way? So he was surprised. Then Sa'ad ibn Ubadah he explained the reasoning behind this. He said, Ya Rasulullah, please don't be bothered by him. Please don't be offended by him. But the situation is that just before Islam came to Medina, we were almost, we were ready to make this man, Abdullah ibn Ubay, we were ready to make him our leader. We were ready to make him our ruler. As we mentioned before, Aus and Khazraj, they didn't have a leader. They didn't have a ruler. They were tribes that had lost all of their leadership in the wars of the past. So they didn't have actually a person who was in charge. They had some people that were respected amongst them, but no one was actually the full leader of these two tribes. So they were almost ready. They had agreed that they would give the leadership role to Abdullah ibn Ubay. But then before he could take that position, Islam was presented to Medina and the Aus and Khazraj, they accepted Islam and they decided to take Rasulullah as their leader. So Abdullah ibn Ubay felt that he lost that opportunity. That it was almost going to come to him, but then Muhammad came and they gave it to him instead. So his heart was full of hatred and jealousy and enmity towards Rasulullah. He blamed Rasulullah for himself not getting that power that he wanted. So because of that, he caused a lot of problems and difficulties and hardships for the Prophet over the years in Al Madinah. So this was Abdullah ibn Ubay. Eventually, the Prophet decided to stay at the house of one of the great companions, one of the great men of the Ansar, by the name of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari. And the reason why the Prophet chose to stay with Abu Ayyub is because Abu Ayyub, he had a big house that was two stories and the only people who lived in that house were Abu Ayyub and his wife so the Prophet ﷺ thought that this would be something that's convenient for Abu Ayyub and his wife it has two stories and there are only two people so the Prophet ﷺ can take one story and Abu Ayyub and his wife can take one story and it wouldn't cause any inconvenience to them it wouldn't cause them any hardship on the other hand, if the Prophet ﷺ were to stay in a smaller house that had maybe a bigger family staying there, maybe that might be more inconvenient for the people of that household. So because of the Prophet ﷺ's nature and his desire not to cause any type of inconvenience or difficulty for anyone, he thought that the most convenient thing for everyone was for him to stay in the house of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari. So look at 
the beautiful manners of the Prophet ﷺ, not wanting to inconvenience anyone. Even though his staying with them would be a big honor for anyone, but still he didn't want to cause any difficulties or any hardship for anyone. So he stayed in the house of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari. So Abu Ayyub was very, very pleased with this and he was very honored to have this privilege to host Rasulullah in his house. What bigger honor can you have than that? So Abu Ayyub, he requested Rasulullah Ya Rasulullah, please take the upper floor. Me and my wife, we will stay on the ground floor and you take the upper floor. You are more honorable than us and you are more deserving to stay in a higher position. So out of respect to Rasulullah he didn't want himself and his wife to be staying above the Messenger of Allah But Rasulullah he said, Ya Abu Ayyub, I am a person who is constantly meeting with people and I'm a public figure and you know it would be difficult for me to continuously come down to meet people and then having to go back up, up and down, up and down. So it would be easier and more convenient for me, Ya Aba Ayyub, if I can stay on the ground floor and you and your wife can stay on the upper floor. So Abu Ayyub said, Yes, Ya Rasulullah, if this is what you want, then this is what you get. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he stayed on the ground floor and Abu Ayyub and his wife, they were staying on the upper floor. Now remember, these are old houses and the floors, they were made out of wood. So one night when Abu Ayyub and his wife were sleeping upstairs and Rasulullah was down on the ground floor, they used to make sure that if they had to walk or do anything in the night, they were extremely quiet and extremely careful because they didn't want any sound to even wake up the Messenger of Allah They were that careful. But one night they had gotten up to do something and they accidentally spilled over a jug of water that they had. So there was a jug of water and they accidentally spilled it over. So then they got very scared because, you know, it's a wooden floor and there are perhaps some gaps and maybe some drops of water could fall through and they were afraid maybe something is going to, a drop of water is going to drop on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It's going to wake him up, it's going to disturb him. So they got very worried and they started drying it up with their clothes and everything. And they spent the whole night making sure that it's completely dry, that there's not even one single drop left. So they didn't sleep the rest of the night, they just spent the whole night drying that area, making sure that there's not a single drop of water that can possibly fall through and disturb the Messenger of Allah Look at this, look at this love and look at this concern that these people had for Rasulullah So it's something that's beautiful. So the next morning, Abu Ayyub, he told Rasulullah what had happened. He said, Ya Rasulullah, last night this is what happened. And you know, we were so concerned for you. We didn't want to disturb you. So we didn't sleep all night. Ya Rasulullah, Wallahi, it would be so much more easier for us. It would be so much more relaxing for us if you would just agree to please, you stay on the upper floor and let us stay on the ground floor. Ya Rasulullah. So the Prophet ﷺ, he saw how affected they were by this and he agreed. He agreed. He said, okay, you, uh, you stay on the ground floor and I will stay on the upper floor. So he stayed on the upper floor and whenever someone would come to meet him or if he would have to take care of anything, he would come downstairs 
and take care of whatever he had to take care of and then he would go back up. So this was the staying of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with the great companion Abu Ayyub al-Ansari radiyallahu an. So the first thing that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did, the first order that he gave out when he settled there in the main part of Medina was to build the masjid. Just like he did when he, when he came to Quba, when he just arrived in Medina at the place of Quba, the first thing that he ordered was to build the masjid and Masjid Quba was built. Same thing, when he arrived in the city center of Medina, the first thing that he ordered was for Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi to be built on that location where his camel had stopped. So they started building Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi. And the Prophet ﷺ physically took part in the construction himself. He actually physically helped with the construction of Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi along with his companions. And while they were building the masjid, while they were building the masjid, they were reciting some lines of poetry. They were reciting some lines of poetry. And from the most famous lines of poetry that they recited while they were building Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi, Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhirah. فَرْحَمِ الْأَنصَارَ وَالْمُهَاجِرَةِ اللَّهُمَّ لَا عِيشَ إِلَّا عِيشُ الْآخِرَةِ فَرْحَمِ الْأَنصَارَ وَالْمُهَاجِرَةِ Oh Allah, there is no life except the life of the Akhirah, except the life of the hereafter. So have mercy upon the Ansar and the Muhajireen. The Ansar are the people of Medina and the Muhajireen are the people who made Hijrah from Mecca to Medina. Beautiful. اللَّهُمَّ لَا عِيشَ إِلَّا عِيشُ الْآخِرَةِ and you can see that this, these two lines of poetry, they go together. They have a rhythm to it. Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhira. Farhamil ansara wal muhajira. So there is a rhyme there, right? So the Prophet ﷺ, he was reciting alongst with them as well. But the way he said it was, Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhira. So the way that the Prophet said it, it didn't fit with the rhythm of poetry. Even though everyone else was saying it too, and he was saying it too, but he accidentally, he mixed up these two words. The meaning is the same, but instead of saying farhamil ansara wal muhajira, have mercy upon the ansar and the muhajireen, he said farhamil muhajira wal ansar, have mercy upon the muhajireen and the ansar. So the meaning is the same. But he interchanged these two words. And when he interchanged those two words, of course, then it's not poetry anymore. It doesn't even sound like poetry anymore. Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhira, farhamil muhajira wal ansar. It doesn't even sound like poetry anymore. And this would always happen whenever the Prophet would try to say a verse of poetry, he would always interchange some words. Not intentionally, but this would just happen to him whenever he was trying to recite poetry. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this in the Quran. And we have not taught him poetry. And it is not appropriate for him. So the fact is that the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't know poetry. He was the most eloquent of speakers. Look at the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa You will never find any human being who spoke like the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa with his elo eloquence and his, his beauty of speech. But as for poetry, whenever, even if he would try to recite poetry, it would not come out as poetry. 
because Allah has said and we did not teach him poetry and it is not appropriate for him so this is one of the miracles of Rasulullah as well and because of this nobody could say that the Prophet was a poet you couldn't say that because none of his speech was ever poetry even if he tried to say poetry it wouldn't come out as poetry so this shows the miraculous nature of the Quran as well the Prophet is not a poet so the Quran nobody can describe it as something like poetry they would try to make all sorts of lies upon the Quran that this is poetry that this is magic that this is this and this is that but no the Prophet himself was not a poet and the Quran itself is not poetry and the Quran is not from the words of man it's not even from the words of the Prophet so this is something how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the Prophet from the accusations of the people also the Prophet as we know he didn't know how to read or write he didn't know how to read or write and this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose out of his wisdom as well someone who can't read someone who cannot write how can this person come up with the quran so this is something that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed the people the miraculous nature of the words of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he protected the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam from false accusations as well so they built the masjid, they built Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi and Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi is the second greatest masjid on this earth only after Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Mecca. Anyone who prays in the masjid of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he will get a reward of 1000 times the prayer of any other masjid except for of course Al-Masjid Al-Haram. Al-Masjid Al-Haram is 100,000 times and Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa is 250 times. So Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi is the second greatest masjid on earth and it was built by Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his companions and the beautiful thing about the Ansar is that they are people who helped Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at the time when he needed help the most and this was from the character of the Ansar and this character of theirs it has lasted throughout time. Even today, if you go to Medina, you'll find the people of Medina, Medina, they're different than other people. Go to Mecca and you'll find a certain type of people. Go to other cities, you'll find a certain type of people. But go to Medina and every single person who has gone to Medina will agree that those people are something else. There's just something special about Medina and there's something special about the people of Al-Medina. So this was the character of the Ansar from the time of the Prophet ﷺ up to our time today. The helpers, that's what the word Ansar even means. The helpers, who did they help? They helped Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So these are the first few days of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam actually in Al-Madina and how the construction and the building of Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi began. And inshallah next week we will talk about the story of Abdullah ibn Salam and how he became a Muslim. Abdullah ibn Salam was the biggest scholar of the Jews of Medina. He was the greatest scholars he was the greatest scholar of the Jews of Medina and we'll talk next week about his conversion to Islam inshallah wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in